not having a great morning. So, yeah, I could tell. Well, went to go make a cup of coffee, realized I'm out of coffee creamer. So that's fun. Then Can you just use milk or something? I did. It's just not the same. Oh, I gotcha. don't like milk in my coffee. And then made my bagel, realized I forgot to hit the bagel part. So then it like didn't really toast it. So then I was like, ah, fuck, popped it down to toast it. Then I got sidetracked because of the fucking creamer shit, burnt my goddamn bagel. So I had to make a new bagel. And then I came into the room to turn the whole Zoom on maybe five minutes ago, a little more than that. Computer said there was an error. We need to restart and restarted my whole computer. So not having a good morning, (laughs) literally at all. While you're here now, you have coffee and a bagel. So at least there's that. I finally Uh, went to bed at like one and then I was up at four and I was not happy about it. And then I willed myself to go back to sleep for a little while. And then I was finally up again at 5.30 and I laid in bed until six because I was like, fuck this shit. As you guys can all tell, we are dragging ass at the end of December. Merry smartness. Christmas will be in three days. Yes. If you celebrate Christmas, if you celebrate something else. Then you already had your celebrations, probably. Well, I know Hanukkah was the beginning. I need vacation to just read all the time. That would be really nice. Then my TBR would, I don't know, slow down just a tad. I feel like every time I take a book off, I add at least three more on. So I don't think it would work like that. Because even in the summer when I had time, that would just give you more time to find more books. Of course. So... I it's always growing. Yeah, I'm trying to clear out my Kindle Unlimited so I don't have any books out, but that's not working out so well for me because then Kindle just pushes things to me and I'm like, ooh, that looks good. So let's read that one. Well, my Kindle Unlimited is mostly full of like the next book in a series that I do want to continue, but I get sidetracked with starting another one or with podcast stuff so I keep them because I want to read them I just get distracted but I do truly want to make it a goal for myself in the new year to actually read books that I have already bought for myself on my Kindle oh yeah I <laughs> because have I buy so <laughs> many Kindle books like that aren't Kindle Unlimited I buy so many like non-Kindle Unlimited books that just end up sitting there because they aren't as a rush to read because I already have them. And then I get sad because I want to read them, but then I get distracted by shiny new things and, you know, the cycle. Yeah. So I think I might start, um, I think I might I get like a mace. That's why I don't buy them. Well. Anyways. Speaking of reading. Anyways. This week, we read Corrupt by Penelope Douglas. And Corrupt is part of the Devil's Night series. I have had this book on my TBR literally forever. Like, it's been years. Really? It's been a very long time. Yeah. And I just haven't gotten to it. Mm -hmm. And then it's been on our radar Mm -hmm. since at least March. Yep. So it's, yeah, this has been on my list forever. At first, I was holding off because I wanted to wait till all the books came out. And then again, I add so many books to my TBR and I just get sidetracked easily. So, but right. finally, this week, we got to read Corrupt. And Corrupt, I actually 
should have looked it up beforehand, but I would classify it as a bully romance. Dark bully romance. Yeah, I do feel, though, that this is less bully than the other one that we read. I don't think In my think opinion. That... So, sure, absolutely, but that doesn't make it not a bully romance. I wasn't saying it wasn't a bully romance. I'm just letting you know that I feel like it, I'm trying to let the people know that if you read the whatever the fuck book we what I don't remember what it was. Um, uh, it was a book I picked. Sick boys. That one. Right. It's not that was a bully romance, but I, I know, was just, I'm just questioning. To, I'm just trying to say I don't feel it was nearly as much as sick boys was. In my personal opinion. I was asking what it was classified as. So I was saying that that's what I would classify it as. And I was looking to you for reference. Gotcha. I had a fun time reading the one star reviews on this one. I don't read the reviews. When I was done, I had a fun time. When I went to go review it myself. It was just fun. Why? So when I went to (laughs) rate on Goodreads myself, the whole page was there. And most of the time on Goodreads, there's usually a few good reviews right on the first page. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't usually pay any mind. But this book had like three one-star reviews right on the front page. And one of them caught my eye. Is it the one I'm staring at right now? Because it's really funny. What was your favorite one? There's two of them that I think is funny. This author needs God is is the one I left. That was the one that I, that was the one on the first page. That's what caught my eye originally that made me sift through them. I do agree with the hashtag rich people problems. Okay. The other one that I thought was funny was decent smut, but everything else set women's rights back a hundred years. Again, that's somebody who doesn't read bully romance or know what they were looking for. You are correct though, because there is not a single bully romance tag on here. I'm going to tell you right now that this is a dark bully romance. Yeah, it's just tagged as romance, dark, new adult, contemporary romance, college, adult, suspense, erotica, fiction. Well, that explains why so many people probably went into it. Not not Right. So let's get into this. Corrupt features Erica, or she's mostly referred to as Rika, as our female main character, and Michael as our main male character. And Michael is part of the Four Horsemen, along with Damon, Kai, and Will. And the Four Horsemen are this, like, little group of rich kids that are kind of the star of the basketball team in high school. And then they continued through college, and they're elite rich kids. And they just are ultra-niche popular. It's that kind of world, that kind of... That's just who they are. And they get away with literally anything and everything. And while I was reading this, I kind of forgot about the blurb quite a few times. And I had to question myself. I was like, wait, I didn't think this was a reverse harem. Is this a reverse harem? I was hoping so hard it was not because it gives you vibes throughout it that it is. And I'm like, wait, it's not. I, I questioned myself in the beginning. I was like, I didn't think this one was. So book starts out with Rika and she is late for a farewell party for her ex-boyfriend Trevor and she doesn't really like Trevor she didn't really want to date him to begin I don't really like Trevor however her family and Trevor's family have literally been 
side by side, like united since their births and they've been pushing them together. And it's kind of been without anyone putting a contract in front of them, it has been heavily pushed at them that they are destined to wed and unite their families type of thing since birth, basically. Trevor's a big douchebag from the get-go, like right from the first time he He's opens his mouth. He's not likable from the very beginning. <laughs> yes. It's not a likable The first dude. words out of his mouth are just nasty. Yeah. So he doesn't have any redemption moment. No. So just right off the bat, just Trevor, bad. There you go. All done. So that's the book. There you go, guys. Bye. No, it's not because literally (laughs) Ariel has 60,000 pages of notes. Okay. Listen, this book was a long book. This book was a chunky boy. So Rika, her mom is not doing well. Rika's father passed away when she was 13 and Rika's mom basically tuned out after that. And has just been medicating herself since then. I mean, and, her dad died in a car accident. Yeah. And Rico was there. Her mom could not handle the death of her husband and basically tuned out the world after that. And she's been self-medicating since then. And she has not been able to parent basically since then. So Rika has heavily leaned on the Christ family. So Trevor's family. Because they've been in her life forever. I mean, she even has a bedroom there at this point. So it is expected for her to be there at this farewell party. She has finally broken free of him and broken up with him. Because she just can't play the pretend game anymore. And she is very excited to start her fresh start in her mind. Because she is transferring colleges away from him. Away from them. And is going to the big city. She is counting down the hours for her fresh start. And Trevor does not like this. Trevor is very frustrated with Rika's choice and her change in schooling and not being able to kind of control her and that she doesn't want him anymore. So Rika doesn't end up staying at that party for very long because he's a fucking douchebag. So she ends up going home and there is a candle burning in her bedroom window. Which is odd because like we said, her mom is not present. She just self-medicates and is just in her room all the time. Nothing is really there. And she did not leave that candle going. And there is a note with a box saying, beware the fury of the patient man with a knife left. And there are three masked men standing outside her window kind of to scare her. And we kind of get a glimpse at why this might be. She is saying that they were the only ones who wore those masks. And after all these years, why would they be here? It doesn't make any sense. It's been three years. She doesn't understand why. And she's kind of worried, but she has her future to get to. She kind of brushes it off. Then we have our first flashback. So We should note that this book goes back and forth quite a bit. So we have a few chapters in the present, and then we go back a flashback three years, a few chapters in the present, go back a flashback three years. It's constant back and forth. Thankfully, they are labeled at the top of every chapter. Giving us little bits and pieces of the story as the book unfolds. 
So we get our first little glimpse as to what on earth she might be talking about. And in this flashback, she's in class as a 16-year-old high school girl. And everyone around is freaking out, saying, they're here. And we get our first glimpse of the four horsemen. And it is four college boys that show up in those masks, three of which she saw outside her house. And I guess they do this every year on what they call Devil's Night on October 30th for the town. And it's like a hazing slash inspiring in their thought process of current basketball players to kind of keep the camaraderie or whatever going for their basketball team kind of because they are basketball gods for their school i don't know it's something weird so devil's night is an actual thing too it is always on october 30th and it's known for vandalism so michael trevor's brother who rika has always had this strange pull to she has this really big crush but she also is kind of afraid of him at the same time but she's always had it. And while she's always been constantly pushed towards Trevor, she can't help her feelings for Michael, but Michael never gives her the time of day. But in this moment, Michael, who is kind of the ringleader of the four horsemen, stops in front of Rika in class and stares her down. And the teacher, who nobody usually says boo to the four horsemen, kind of stands up a little bit and is like, she's only 16. Like, you have to kind of leave her be. You can't take her with you. And so they leave. But Rika feels like this might be her only chance. So she cuts out of class too, pretends to go to the bathroom, and follows after them and stashes away in one of their vehicles. And that is the end of our first glimpse into the past. So we come back to the present. Rika checks out her new apartment. Though there's been some mix-up. Apparently, her apartment was accidentally rented out. So now she gets the penthouse for the same price. Because that makes sense. Though it's like one of the penthouses, like the main big penthouse on the top floor has its own separate entrance and do not disturb him under any circumstances. Him. And then there are two penthouses on the second highest floor one is vacant and one is now hers and she's like okay she's kind of actually bummed by this because she wanted her own fresh start not something that would be handed to her something she'd have to work for herself and now all of a sudden here she is getting something handed to her again even if it was a freak accident supposedly then she's woken up at 1 a.m to screams and banging from the unit next door that is supposedly vacant, which freaks her out. She runs into the hallway, but her door locks behind her and she can hear all these noises. So she goes to go downstairs to find somebody and she runs into Michael. And she has not seen Michael for a while. Michael avoids her at all costs. And apparently, what a dink! Michael is the one who lives on the top floor, the one above her, the him that was referenced. So 
he gets security to check out the the apartment for her, but it's vacant. What is she talking about? And he goes in and makes sure that her apartment is all set and they part ways. She realizes that the building that she rented from is the Delcor. It's his family building. And that is how she got that apartment. And she's like not happy. So we find out that Michael, along with Damon, Kai, and Will, have been plotting for three years now. And that they have had plans in motion for Rika. And that this, her coming to the Delcor and her coming to the big city and her being there under their thumb is all part of their plan for revenge. I guess Damon and Kai and Will have been in prison for the last few years. And supposedly it is Rika's fault. And Chalk, it was the boys that were in that apartment waking her up at 1 a.m. We should also mention that when Rika slammed into Michael in the hall, he had a girl with him. And that's it. That's all I want to say. So, anywho, we get another flashback. And Rika makes it out of the vehicle that she had stowed away in. And each time we have a flashback, it's just a continuation of the previous one. So, I'm going to say it like that, too. And... They are at an abandoned church. Everyone's having a party. It's a big hangout place. But obviously she's caught by Michael. And he's not exactly super sad to see her. He kind of is a little playful. And um, he blindfolds her. He's, show me what you're made of then. All the boys are there. And Damon is a little aggressive. And Kai keeps having to chase him off. But... Michael kind of likes this. He's like, did it feel good to fight back and actually be the person to stand up for yourself kind of thing? He's sick of everyone babying her. He wants her to have some fight in her. And he wants her to go down in the catacombs. That's obviously a place that people go to have a little privacy. There's a lot of fun noises going on down there as they're heading down. She's like, why did you let me come? And not the fun kind, the, you know, coming to the party kind. And he's like, you're like me. Like, I see you want the freedom you want. I see it in you kind of thing. And you need to own who you are and be free. But of course, they're coming close together and they're having a little moment. And of course, Trevor has to show up, pull her away and, and ruin the fun. A little, ruin the fun and be a douchebag. Because that's what he does. He's a fun sucker. So back to the present. Rika mad about finding out that her fresh start is all puppeted strings from the Christ family. She is up all night painting. She's like, well, if I can't have any say about my new place, I'm going to decorate it at least. And she is painting the walls red. And she is up so late that by the time she falls asleep, she sleeps through her alarms and she is late for a meeting with her advisor. So this part of the book is a little odd. She specifically mentions that she has multiple missed calls when she sees what time it is. And she 
has missed calls from Mrs. Chris. She has missed, missed calls from Trevor, all this stuff. And then in like the next breath, when she gets done with her advisor, she talks about how there's an unknown number that she doesn't know. And it must be Trevor because he doesn't have his phone at his new place. Yeah, I wasn't sure why either. Yeah. Anywho, Trevor called. You know, he hasn't heard from her. He wants to know what's up because he still needs her under his thumb. And she kind of gives him a hard time about his family kind of needling in about her apartment. But apparently he did not know. And now he's pissed. Well, especially when she mentions the name of the place that she is at. He is so mad. He's like, you need to live somewhere else. I don't like, want I don't you care. there. Find a, find a hotel. And she's like, why? Like, I don't understand why. And he won't tell her. He's just, you just need to go. Like, you did this on purpose. And he gets really mad and hangs up. She's just irritated and pissy. So she's like, I need to blow off steam. I need to go find a fencing club. Because Rika loves to fence. So she looks it up online. And for a very big city... She's actually pretty sad to find out there's only one fencing club in the city. But she goes there. She's like, okay, I'm going. And she gets there. And the guy at the counter is kind of being a little tool. He's like being kind of weird about her asking to get a membership or fence there. And then, of course, Michael is there because Michael's fucking everywhere. He shows up, come to find out, this is not just a fencing club, it's a gentleman's club. And that's why the guy was kind of being weird about it. No women allowed. She's not allowed to no. be in there. Yes, no women allowed. Men only. So she's really fired up at this point. Everything is not going well for her. And she just is irritated at piss. Uh, irritated as piss at Excuse me? What did you just say? Just, irritated yeah. at she's, piss. Got it. She's irritated as piss at seeing Michael and sees a hat sitting on the counter and she just grabs the hat through the doors of the club to go like pretend to be a man going through. Yeah, it's kind of funny. She's just nuts at this point. Obviously, Michael catches her, but she sees Damon and Kai there and she's surprised to see them because she didn't know they were out of jail. You know, it's a whole thing. And she didn't know they were in the city. And it stuns her enough that he's able to wrangle her out. You know, she's leaving. It's pouring. He's like, I'm going to bring you back. And she's like, no, I'm just, I'm leaving. What more do you want? You want to be out of here? I'm leaving. And he forces her into the car. And she's just so frustrated because here she is pining after someone that, obviously has nothing but contempt for her and it just hurts she is just sick of being forced to have a relationship with trevor who she doesn't like and treats her like a dog and the person who she wants to have a relationship with seems to hate her with every breath and she's just sick of both of them at this point She's just sick of it hurting all the time. And she's just so frustrated. And she just storms out into the rain. So we learn through the boys that part of their plans for Rika include plans for her mom to make sure that Rika is fully isolated and has no one 
to help her. And so they remove her mom from her bedroom where she camps out all the time. And we learned that the reason why Damon was in jail was for statutory rape. And Trevor, for being the younger brother, he really has some balls on him because he just thinks that he can just call up anybody and just blow smoke up everyone's ass and just I mean, blow hot air there's a reason for that. I know, but I wasn't surprised literally at all. No, I'm not saying I'm surprised, but he calls up Michael and is basically like, so now you got her to Delcor finally all to yourself and you do whatever it is you have planned. Remember that I'm going to get her back and it's going to be me that puts a ring on her finger and keeps her forever. And like, if that slut spreads her legs for you, I will make sure marrying me will be the nightmare of her life. Yeah, he's a terrible person. Terrible person. He's just a psycho. Yeah, he's that just he is. super psycho. So then we get another three-year flashback. And it is after Trevor brought Rika home and they are having dinner at the Christ household. And Trevor's being all like, Oh, oh, my woman, don't look. Don't touch. And, oh, oh, me, Trevor, Rika, no see. And I am so fucking not awake for this. Michael, to piss off Trevor, but it also really hurts Rika after their moment in the catacombs. It's all like, who? So Rika leaves. She's upset. And she's just done with them all. But a car pulls up and it's Michael and crew. And they say, get in. And she goes along for the ride. And they get to an abandoned, well, an abandoned crack house in which they douse it with gasoline. And funnily enough, Rika has a box of matches on her because she, at that time, kept a box of matches on her all the time because... Her father collected boxes of matches and it's like something that he gave to her before he died and it's something she collects. So she always associates that smell and those items with him. So she was kind of anointed into the group and was able to also add a match to the whole thing and they burned down this crack house. And that was Michael's Devil's Night prank and apparently they each get a devil's night prank throughout the evening and they're all discussing what everyone else's is going to be who's going to be next and that is where we leave off it's a pretty quick flashback but we go back to the future i mean present because this is not a movie no. it could be It'd be a really it. fucked up movie. This is nothing. <laughs> Anywho, back to the present. Rika is in class and she's surprised to see the girl that was with Michael that night in the hallway in her class. She kind of introduces herself to her, but doesn't get to talk for long because Will and Damon surprise her and show up in class and plonk down next to her and she tries to leave to avoid them but Damon tells her that if she gets up that he's going to kill 
her mother. And they make a big mockery of the whole thing as if they're like, she's in on it and they're just all banging each other and it's just a big joke. And the professor is kind of irritated by the whole thing until she kind of puts him in his place with a question about youth and yeah the professor was kind of a dick the whole time because he's going off about like your generation this and then going on about our generation and technology and all this other stuff being lazy and yeah and so she really like lays into him about it and it kind of like stuns the boys a little bit yeah (laughs) which was nice they're oddly impressed for a minute and like even Um, damon goes go on like continue what you're saying because she paused and then damon was like she asked you a question kind of being threatening now towards the professor and he kind of looks towards her and is like you're going to be a lot of fun and so she's really worried with damon's comment about her mom because she hasn't heard from her mom in a few days and that's abnormal for her she usually checks in on her mom at least every other day and every time she calls her the calls aren't going through all she's getting is voicemails there was just like this message left by her mom a weird message which didn't make any sense saying like a text or whatever saying that she was going to be going out on the Christ family boat with the Chris for vacation and the whole thing was very she didn't have the number to the satellite phone on the boat and she was trying to get it through Mr. Christ but she was not able to get a hold of him or get a hold of him at the office and so she went up to ask Michael for the number because obviously he would have the number and just her luck she goes up to ask him and all four boys are in the apartment and they're kind of really mean and cornering her and really rough with her and are basically like, you can have the number if you come to a party with us. And she's like, what the fuck? And they made her feel really isolated, but also she needs this number. So she's like, fine. And um, it's a pool party. And she's just so confused. She's like, the game had changed. I didn't know why. And I didn't know what to do. But I needed to think faster, a lot faster. And so she goes to this pool party. And Alex, the girl from now class and that night at... Being with Michael. Delcor, being with Michael, is at the party too. So that's cool. They get talking. She finds out that Alex... um, was not, in fact, Michael's girlfriend like she originally thought or his for the night. She is a hired friend that loans out her services to whoever is looking for them, male or female. And she finds this interesting and is a little judgy about it. Yeah, she is super judgy about it, which is very annoying because, girl, shut the fuck up. So we get a flashback from three years ago. Again, and it's them going to the next prank, Kai's prank, and they needed to have more room in the car. So Michael pulls Rika onto his lap while they're driving. So Kai had called in about the fire, but he made it sound like it was much bigger than it was. So all the emergency professionals raced to that side of town. And then Kai 
got these dump trucks to block the road so it would be hard for them to come back that way. Then Damon goes to the mayor's house and screws the mayor's daughter on camera like a fucking dumbass. His 16-year-old daughter is all proud of himself for taking her virginity. Idiot. I gross. So after all of this, they're hungry. They've done a lot of work. They need to get some sustenance for whatever's next. So they pull up to this bar, and Erika sees that there's this kid named Miles there, and she's concerned. She's like, I'll wait in the car. And they're like, what do you mean? What's going on? And she's like, no, it's fine. I'll, I'll wait in the car. And Michael kind of corners her and forces her to talk, and turns out... Miles, the new basketball captain since Michael has graduated and moved on, had spiked Rika's drink that previous spring and tried to have his way with her. Luckily, Rika's friend had seen her going upstairs and was able to intervene and save her before something happened, but she still does not want to be around him, you know, and it's a whole thing. And it was his girlfriend that handed her the drink in the first place so they were both in on it so the boys and rika decide no this will be good for you and they make a plan and she goes into the bar pretending to be drunk off her ass and oh she needs a little help in the bathroom so of course miles follows her he can't resist an opportunity of course, like a total douchebag, and she's telling him no, and he's getting rough and handsy, and the boys were supposed to come in after they saw him go in, but they're not coming, and she's worried. So she's having to defend herself, and she's getting really worried, and then comes in the girlfriend, and now it's two on one, and now she's really worried because she's on her own, and she feels like, what did I get myself into? But she fights back the best she can. She slams that douchebag girlfriend's head into the mirror and whacks Miles with the soap dispenser. I mean, she's giving as good as she can. It's not going that well for her, but she's giving as good as she can. And then finally, the boys arrive and go to the car. What do you go to the car? What are you going to do? Nope. We're going we're gonna to make sure that they understand. Yeah. So that's where we leave the um, flashback. We come back to the present. And they're at that party. And she's hanging out with Alex. But then she finds this cool little alcove, like, cavey part within the pool so that she can get a little space. Which, dumb, why? What's wrong with you? So, of course, Damon finds her. (laughs) You have to ask. So, of course, Damon finds her, and he's kind of taunting her. He's like, you know what I thought about in prison? You and our last night together. And he's like, you never told Michael what happened that night, did you? And she's like, you know I haven't, because he would have killed you already, kind of thing. And it kind of alludes that something happened between them, and it makes you kind of wonder, what the heck? But Michael shows up. And, you know, gets Damon out of there. And her and Michael 
have quite the banter back and forth. And they kind of really get into a heated conversation. Even Trevor's name gets thrown into the mix. Like, oh, yeah, it doesn't matter kind of thing, you know. And he's kind of like, you're a liar. Like, I know it's me kind of thing, you know. Do you think about me when you're by yourself touching yourself? And she's like, sometimes. And he's like, show me. And so she does. Then he can't help himself and he gets on his damn knees. It's a weird scene and it escalated very quickly. I think it escalated too quickly. I was, you know. Don't get me wrong. The tension has been there the whole time. I didn't think it escalated quickly at all. I just. I think it escalated quickly for his self-control. I mean, it's been shown throughout this book that his self-control when it comes to her is not that great. So I did not think so. And he totally beats himself up. This was the start of that, though. Yeah, he totally beats himself up over it consistently. So to me, I didn't think it escalated too quickly. But Well, funny story, because I was watching the whole time. I watch a lot of weirdo. I actually really love Kai, I'm not going to lie. So she gets the fuck out of there after that and the Kai shit. But so Kai's like, you are eating off the community plate, brother. You are taking more than your fair share. What the fuck? And Michael's like, don't leash me, bitch. And Kai was like, remember that you said that because same goes for the rest of us. And... They come out of the cave to find out that Rika left the party with Alex. Yep. So Michael visits his father for the next phase here. He needs to get control of the house. That's their next target. And the money. So the Fane fortunes. When Rika's father died and the mother became not able to do anything the money and the whole family fortune got put into like a trust and the christ family is overseeing it until rika graduates from college that is how it was willed so michael visits his father and kind of is like oh it's time for me to even though he's an nba player i mean he does finals and he's like it's time for me to think about what happens after i'm done with basketball it's time for me to start dabbling in our family stuff and he's playing the long game so he's starting with his family stuff and he's like of course i'm not going to give you that this is the father he's like well then fine maybe i could just play with and practice with the fane stuff and the father's like fane belongs to trevor and which first of all it belongs to rika number one But he's basically saying that's the plan. He's like, they're going to get married and he's going to put a baby in her. And then the fame money will be ours. And Michael's kind of like, well, what if he can't put a baby in her? There's no guarantee that she'll be pliable in the bedroom. And the father's basically like, no, if he can't, then maybe you will. Because they can all see that she likes Michael. It's like, as long as it's a Christ, I don't care. I'll do it if I have to. Fucking hate their dad. And they just want her money. Yeah. That, that's all they uh-huh. want. They just want her yeah. entire fortune. That's it. But Michael's like, why don't you just let me manage it until they both graduate? 
That way it'll just give me some experience. No big deal. And he finally concedes and is like, fine, you know, whatever. And Michael's feeling pretty good. He got that piece of the, the puzzle done and he's leaving. And then he gets a text from Will with a picture saying, no more house. And it is the Bane house on fire. He acted without Michael, without the plan. He was not waiting for Michael to get his plan in place. And they went a little reckless with things. <laughs> they start yeah. just going off script a little, but he's been concerned about it for a while that like, while they've they had these that. plans in place, he's starting to get the feeling that they're just going to start going off script, which is concerning yeah. to him. These motherfuckers have been in jail for quite a few years. They're a little unpredictable. Unpredictable. Well, yeah, because, you know, prison changes you. Does it, Crystal? Does it? Very clearly. How does I, it change you? I know. I've never been to prison. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm like, why are you asking me? I've never been to prison. You were saying it so factually like you knew. We get another flashback. They're coming back to the car where Rika was waiting. And she's, you know, what did you do to them? And they hand her some souvenirs. In her hand was a bloodied tooth and a thick rope of long red hair. Yeah. Fun times. <laughs> then Will decides that he is going to burn down this gazebo next. It's this gazebo that this sweet, nerdy girl built for like her like senior project or something to better the town. And Will is burning it down because he likes her and she doesn't like because that's how you handle that. Like, what the utter fuck? And this is where Rika is like, this is not okay. Like, I'm not having a part of this. So she goes to go back towards the car and to leave, actually. But as she's leaving, there's a cop across the street who happened to watch the whole thing and is like, stop, take your masks off now. And she is worried because Michael is starting to play real basketball. If he takes his mask off, that's it for him. Like, he is fucked. So her family's jewelry store just happens to be right there on the same street. And she grabs a crowbar from the car and smashes the front glass and grabs from her own family's business to make the alarms go off and books it it's her stuff she'll go back just wanted the eyes not to be on them for a minute and it does work they get to run so and they're quite impressed that's cool with they are they're like thank you and that's when they um start calling her the little monster so then we're back in the present she learns about her house she gets there it is gutted It is not salvageable. She is desperately searching and she finds the box of matches left from her father and it is ruined. She is so distraught. This part was so sad. And Michael is there like he is always there. And she's so upset and angry and she's yelling at him like, why are you messing with me? It's fun. Why are your friends messing with me? And he doesn't really have much to say about that. And once they calm down, they get something to eat, and they 
they end up having kind of a weird normalish conversation with each other for once where she's comparing people to songs which is super cute and he kind of is like well what about me what song am i she's like you're in everything you're in every song and she just kind of is like i'm tired i'm done so then they go back to the christ family household and they find each other again in the kitchen both of them looking for a midnight snack and he's all like well i thought you were tired he's like well let's watch a movie and they're watching a scary movie one of her favorites and he's kind of giving her a hard time he's like being scared turns you on he's like you need to admit it and she's like no they kind of go back and forth a lot it's kind of funny and it's really frustrating him that she won't just admit it so he gets so mad that he's just basically like go to bed instead of finishing what he started which he was kind of playing with her a little bit he thought he was punishing her by leaving her wanting but she just goes but she was probably going to finish herself off except when she gets into bed all the lights in the house all the power goes out so she gets out of bed to check everything out and he just needs to prove his point so there he is in the hallway with a mask on and so she begrudgingly, fine, yes, it turns me on. Well, it was weird, too, because there was some, like, language in there at one point where she was coming to terms with it in her own head that right. being scared turned her on because she didn't want to, like, admit it. But she's like, I don't know, like, for some reason, yeah, it kind of makes me hot. And I think until he confronted her with it, she was kind of denying the fact that being scared shitless really turned her on. And then right. him confronting her with it kind of really made her realize that within herself, even though it's mm -hmm. quite fucking obvious. So they really get into this role play to the point where neither one of them can help themselves anymore. And then they just start fucking each other against a wall really hard. Yeah. Great. Um, yeah, it was. Like threw her into, ugh. Yes. He chokes um, her quite a lot throughout this whole book and but he decides that. that he is not done yet which he was so caught up in everything he just dove right in no condom no nothing but he's so careful about it every other time just want to point that out it was a heat of the moment thing though so i, I don't know. think he was even thinking about it he says he's not done yet and then he asks her do you have an old school uniform here still hey listen the mind wants what it wants so he makes her put it on and then takes her back to the catacombs like before. They didn't and get they the fuck have... in the catacombs, so here we go now. Now they do. I know. Now they do. And then she even asks him, can we do that again? So they do. And then he takes her tired ass body back and puts her to bed in his own bed, which was a mistake. And he is very worried and regretting himself. And having a lot of self-doubt and talk with himself because, I mean, he has all these plans for her. He's like, yeah, she wasn't mine. She, she would never be so mine. And I shouldn't want her. Fuck you, Rika. Fuck you. I can't choose you. Why did you do this to me? He's like, I had several missed calls, but I didn't bother listening to them. You know, I just typed out a message instead. Finish it. It was done. No going back now. So there's that. I mean, yeah, he had some fun times and then he needs to continue ruining her life. That's all. Exactly. Like any bully romance. So we go back to a flashback from three years ago and they head to a warehouse where they all kind of hang out. 
and it's kind of a big party and Rika's friends are actually there. So she kind of has a good time taking a breather for a minute and uh, hanging out with them on the dance floor. And the boys just can't keep their eyes off her, especially Michael. And Michael is so enamored with her. He follows her upstairs and they kind of have a heated moment, but then he realizes that he can't go too far. And he says to her that I won't touch you until you're 18. And she's very offended by this because then he starts like giving her other rules and whatnot. And they just start going at each other back and forth. And he calls her a kid. She calls him a coward. And then he realizes this is all too much and that she has too much power over him and that this is all a mistake and that he can't do this. And then he's very mean to her to get her to leave and be away from him. And he just kind of takes off and to his friends, make sure she gets home. So back in the present, Rika woke up in bed alone to a text basically saying, I got to go. Peace out, home scout. So she's at a bookstore trying to get some books for school. And she's had radio silence from Michael for four days now, that text. When she tries to buy her books, her card has declined. Very strange for like a billionaire. And so she tries another one cards declined and so she goes to the atm all of her account balances are zero she calls mr chris's office like what the fuck and the secretary is basically like uh, you should contact michael he controls those accounts now oh she is not happy she's like what the actual fuck so she gets very angry and goes back to her I mean, place. rightfully so. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. And demands of the manager of the hotel, like, where is he? And he's at the gentleman's club. He's having dinner. So she rolls up to this joint, very, very unhappy, and walks up and is like, Bitch, where's my money? And takes the tablecloth and rips it off the table. I would also do the same thing because I would be fucking rip shit. She's not happy. She's not happy at all. And they're all basically like, it's in my bank account. It's ours now. Yep. You belong to us now. He's like, your house is gone. Your money and property liquidated. And where's your mother? Yeah. Yeah. You belong to us now. You'll have money when we think you deserve it. And they said, you need to be in Thunder Bay at the Christ household in an hour. She's confused and not happy, but she also doesn't feel like she has a choice. I mean, yeah, her mom's still fucking MIA. So she rolls up to the house and they are very mean and very violent and kind of pushing her around and being obvious in the way that they are going to like use and abuse her and she's kind of like well why are you doing this and they're like payback and she's not dumb she didn't come there unarmed she had attached that blade that they had given her so long ago and taped it on the inside of her arm under her clothes so when Damon decided to get extra violent with her, I was really concerned fucking... that we were going, to, that we were going to get that and he was yeah. just going to continue it. 
Yes, I was quite concerned at that yeah, point. Yeah, when Damon decided to get a little shmapey over here. Yeah. Really shmapey? Um, yeah. So she took out that blade and she stabby stabbed McSabbed him, though. Oh my so god, okay. so good. She fucking sliced that motherfucker. Boom, boom, die, bitch. He didn't die, bitch, but no, that's what she was like. But it gave her the opening she needed to distract everyone else to run away. As she's running and she's realizing she's kind of cornered in, she's realizing Michael's kind of groomed her for this, really, truly, also, too, but that she's not a victim, that she can fight back, and she's not going to go down without a fight, and that they have her mom hostage, and she's not going to leave her behind. So while this is happening, Michael is having some serious doubts about this whole situation. He is seeing this all unfold way worse than he could have ever imagined. Especially since they're really, like being very violent with her they're going a little too far and not only that but now it's escalated someone's actually getting hurt and he's hoping that she just runs away he knows she won't because he knows her well but he just don't come back please don't come back he just hopes she gets away but he knows her and of course she comes storming right back where is my mother and it's a very good question it is a very good question i want to know too well i know now but wanted to know that honestly throughout this entire book did you think she was dead yeah i thought they killed her the whole time so sitting here like oh fuck because they did make that comment about putting her in the ground but the only reason i didn't think that she was dead was because i knew they each got their own book and i was like how can we make them redeemable if they're gonna go around killing people's moms i mean i guess it could still happen but i was like holding out hope i guess i don't know i was so convinced well i guess Fucking spoiler murder. alert she's not oh, dead. Yeah, just have this conversation well honestly <laughs> though like i i just want to know that they did not murder the mother <laughs> i was so fucking concerned though because i was like oh no that's not i can't believe they just did that holy fuck like i knew they were fucked up in the head but like jesus goddamn christ mm, that's a level they also burned her house down though I, well, that's why I was so convinced that they killed yeah. her mom because they just burned yeah. her house down. Yeah. yeah. So, where's my mother? Well, you get answers when you confess and submit. And she's fucking confused. I'd be confused oh, yeah. too. I also throughout this whole book, so their anger towards her and what she did, and of course, like we obviously see everything through the flashbacks. I just wanted to know what the fuck. So I, I liked having the flashbacks included in because it builds and builds the story to this turning point of the book. And I'm like, I'm sitting here and we're like pretty far into this book at this point by the time we finally learn what the fuck happened. Because so I'm sitting here and I'm like, why? Why are they so angry? What did she do? What the fuck is going? I was so, I just wanted to shake and be like, just tell me. I'm so irritated. I want to know. I love do reading books with you so much oh well because you already know what happens and it's annoying i so truly i enjoy seeing it through your eyes so much because (laughs) it's like it's joy for me it truly is because i'm like really like okay okay. and then what (laughs) i just like i said one of these days i want you to read a book and me not to read it just so you can tell me all about it and i can just react because it'll be like (laughs) because i won't know because i'll just get it from your perspective yeah it's just i mean i liked it there were definitely bits and pieces here and there but there were definitely parts of this i fucking had no idea were coming and i was like jesus goddamn christ 
but I was getting irritated with this piece. But anyway, sorry, continue. I read this book over the course of like four days to piecemealed it because of the play and stuff. And Angie saw that I was reading it and she was like, oh, I was going to read this, but then I opened something else, but I can start this now. I'm like, we can buddy read it because Crystal will read it last minute and then I'll have to wait to talk about it. Um, and she's like, awesome. Sounds great. So it was literally like 10% in this book. And she messaged me and she goes, so we know what happened, right? So they were like, you get answers when you confess and submit. You owe us. And she was like, owe you for what? And they were like, we took you with us that night. We trusted you. And she was all like, I was supposed to trust you too. What did you guys do to me? And And they're also upset too because they're like, you had a hissy fit and ruined our lives, basically. Yeah. Yeah. They accused her of just having a tantrum and ruining their whole lives. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Then we find out about the videos and this comes to light. And... We find out that it was recorded on the phone about the mayor's daughter, which we knew about, and the fact that she was 16 and they recorded that, and that we knew that's why Damon went away. But we find out that that video had gotten leaked. But we also found out that Emery Scott, so the girl who made the gazebo, will burn down, that, you know, he fucked with her to get her attention. But they found out that she had been being abused by her brother, who happened to be a cop, that Will and Kai beat him up while Damon recorded it. And it was over the summer while Michael had been at a basketball camp. So he was not implicated in that one. And it was those two videos that had been leaked. And that is what had gotten them arrested and put in jail. And they're all like, you threw us under the bus because Michael hurt you that night. Did you really think we were going to come after you? Being a rat is one thing, but betraying people who trusted you is unforgivable. And she's like, betraying? Like, what? She's like, you trusted me? Like, really? I was your friend? Really? Do you normally kidnap your friends against their will and drive them into the middle of nowhere for a little bit of fun? And that's when they were all just like, what? But then pause because we get a flashback and it was her storming out of the warehouse upset after the conversation with Michael and she had just grabbed her sweatshirt from the table where she had put it originally to dance but as she's leaving she finds out she had grabbed the wrong sweatshirt because when she put her hands in her pocket to find her box of matches she found a phone instead. She realizes that it was Will's sweatshirt she took by mistake and a car pulls up And it is Damon, Kai, and Will. And they say, you know, get in, we'll take you home. Though she just assumes it's Damon, Kai, and Will because they're in their masks. And they're talking and they're in the car. As they're talking, Will is very drunk from the party and he passes out next to her in the car. And all of a sudden they pass by her house. And she's like, you passed by my house? Like, what the fuck? And then the locks click. And Damon is kind of just rambling. He's like, you know, when guys let a girl into their gang, there are two ways for her to be initiated. She's either beat in or fucked in. And she's just like, I want to go home. And he's like, that's not a choice. And 
they kind of get so to this, fucking unhinged. Yeah, they get to this un- abandoned place, this like off the road, and she keeps looking to Kai to kind of rein Damon in and help her. Because Kai throughout everything has always reined Damon in and reined the others into, like Michael said about the leash earlier, he has the little leash on them, but he knows how to rein them in when they're going too far. And so, yeah, she's looking to Kai to kind of rein him in a bit because Damon is really starting to take things too far and Kai is saying Mm -hmm. nothing. But then Kai starts in also, and then they both start in on her and Kai's like well we're untouchable we can do whatever we want and they both just you know start pushing her around and Damon really scares her making her think that they're going to rape her and he's like well now you know we can kind of fuck off basically like Michael doesn't want you and neither do we do you get that I want you to stop watching us stop following us like a pathetic little dog begging for someone to notice her he's like get a fucking life of your own Rika and stay away from us no one wants you and then they leave her and so we're back in the present and at this point michael's really confused and is asking questions and he's kind of moved his body to kind of block rika from the others who are getting a little agitated which is also not helping the situation and he's confused though because he's like kai was with me that night you're She's lying like, no i'm not lying why the fuck would i lie about this like clearly like, it was just you guys. admit it already you leaked the videos and she's like he was you all were except michael you were passed out in the car will damon was threatening me and kai grabbed me when i hit him he just laughed and said you can't hurt me the devil always has my back you were all there and the phone fell out while i was on the ground and kai's confused he's like the devil always has my back it's like, I would never say that. I've never said that in my life. I've never even heard that. Michael's like, but my dad says that. And then and the pieces then start coming the pieces together. click for Michael. And he's like, Trevor. And Damon confirms it. He's like, I left almost immediately after you did that night, says to Michael. It's like, that's when Trevor showed up. He was looking for Rika and he wasn't happy. Someone told him that she was with us. So he came to get her. We had words. But I realized we could help each other. He wanted Rika away from us. So did I. We just decided to fuck with her. He is mad. Damon's like, this change is nothing. And he's like, women always complicate shit. It was almost a matter of time before she was going to tear us apart. And then Michael lunged for him and tried to hit him. Then Damon got really mad because he's like, we can't believe her. It was still her who had the phone. We can't trust her. And Michael's saying, I trust her more than I trust you right now kind of thing. And he's basically like, you're choosing her? Like, this is ridiculous. Damon is just getting worked up and getting more agitated. And Michael is like, you need to get out. And everyone else is just so defeated, realizing that they have spent three years hating the wrong person. And Rika's like, I want to leave. I just... I want to go. And Michael's like, no. And she's like, no, I want to leave. And they explain to her, like, look, it's not safe with Trevor. And we don't know where Damon is right now because he just took off and he's not in a good place right now. Like, just wait until the morning and we'll take you back home. And she storms off upstairs to her room. 
and she takes a bath and she kind of just cools off for a while and she realizes sometime later that it's not quiet downstairs anymore there's a party going on downstairs and she is like what the actual fuck i mean rightly so like what's the actual fuck and she just kind of stomps downstairs and basically is like you are going to fix everything tomorrow you're going to put me on the phone with my mother you're going to give me back every cent and schedule a contractor to start restoration on my house which you are going to pay for do you understand and michael's kind of like we were going to do that anyways but what happens if we don't just curious and (laughs) she's like oh did you ever find the phone i'm assuming not basically if you blamed me but There were probably a lot more videos on that, huh? And I know where Trevor keeps shit. So yeah, you're going to fix this. I I don't. You got to utilize what you got. Yeah, she's not happy. I mean. I mean, I wouldn't be either. (laughs) So so she heads back upstairs and Kai kind of follows her up there. And it's kind of like, are you okay? Because... Both Kai and Will have been very apologetic towards her and are clearly upset at their actions. And Michael is acting like a spoiled child. I mean, he is because he was backed into a corner that he did something wrong. And he's basically just like sticking into the ground, refusing to like have feelings or admit falter defeat and that's really hurting her she's like i'd been terrorized tonight for no reason and not only had he not apologized but he was doing everything he could to hurt me more does he even feel anything and it's just it was really hurting her so she just had to get some space so kai follows her up there and kind of like are you okay and they have a a good little talk and kai opens up to her where he's had trouble opening up to anyone since he's been released and Michael walks in on them doing that and he's kind of frustrated by this because A, she's alone with Kai and B, he's talking to her when he struggled to talk to Michael. So he's having frustrations on both fronts on that one. And he's basically like, get out. And then Michael gets a little territorial with her because he's like, don't look at him. Don't pay attention to him. You get everything you need from me. And she's kind of a brat. You know, with the situation and as she should be. She's like, you're not the only one. He is just doing the most. And she's like, "Mm, a new man. That sounds really good, actually. And she starts like moaning Kai's name and just fucking with him. And then she starts moaning Trevor's name to fuck with him. She's just being a fucking brat. And it is I don't blame her because he fucked with her like that oh yeah and it is really pushing him over the edge though mm-hmm. because he's like fuck this there are other girls and she's like there are other guys too and he makes a huge announcement to the whole party and basically calls her as horseman property so no one can touch her and and puts her in a difficult situation so she has to think a little outside the box but you know who else is at this party who has shown her interest, who has mentioned in the past that, 
Oh, she does not only take male clients, but she also takes female clients if she's interested. It made me so happy. I fucking, it's so good. (laughs) Well, Alex is at this party, so she takes full advantage of that and brings her up to Michael's bed. Girl. They are so young. Playing with fire. They are so young. Just the games. I mean, they are really young, though. So Michael, of course can't help himself so he runs in leave alex is not happy but she leaves alex um, is like, what the fuck so he picks rika up and brings her into trevor's room and tosses her onto trevor's bed well i mean there's a reason for that <laughs> they just keep needing to one up each other i mean yeah well so they spar some more and then they end with him promise me you won't ever say no to me And she ends up saying, I don't forgive you, but I can't say no. Oh, we find out about the mom. My bad. She's not dead. (laughs) She's not dead. We just, we talked about that before. So my bad. Mom is not dead. Michael actually court mandated, you know, with his connections and plopped her into a rehab to actually force her to get better. So the next morning he adds Rika to the rehab's approved call list and he puts the money back into her accounts and fixes that situation. Because it wasn't it didn't end up being in all three of their accounts yet because it takes time to do the transfer. So thankfully mm-hmm. like he still had all of the money in his own account and had access to it. Yep. And he contacts a lawyer to start figuring out how he can fix the trust permanently. So it doesn't end up in his family's name. Will and Kai are very strongly wanting to go after Trevor for their revenge. But Michael is thinking that finding Damon and getting organized needs to be done first. Because he's thinking more logically. Well, yeah, because Trevor doesn't know that they know now. Right. But Damon is a loose cannon just on the run and Mm -hmm. is super unpredictable so it makes sense to go after him first because Mm -hmm. he's the higher risk right now over trevor also Um, you want to get to him before he says something to trevor right so then we have four days of michael being cold and dictating you know giving her demands, orders, updates about like where she's going, what she's doing, like for her safety, you know, to make sure that she is out of Damon's reach. But it's very cold and unfeeling and very just factual. While during the evenings when he gets out, he just shows up basically for booty calls in the evening. And it's very frustrating. And she's mad. So when he shows up early one day and she's basically like, I'm not in the mood. Like, you can't have your booty call right now kind of thing. And like, maybe you should try actually being a human. Maybe taking me out to dinner or buying me flowers or something or actually being a human. He's like, well, I was here to sneak you into the fencing club, but I could leave. Yeah, because she's like, normal people take people out on dates like flowers and all this other shit and then he goes i want to sneak you in there i mean i could go buy you flowers if you want instead she's like no (laughs) wait a second (laughs) 
So she gets to fence, but Michael's watching the whole time, and that is very distracting for her. And it gets her all hot and bothered. So she ends her session early, and they have to go to the steam room. And they're really, really having a good time together and talking and blah, blah. And he's all like, I need you every day, every hour, every minute. And then she tells him that she loves him. And she's like, it's fine. Don't say anything. I don't expect you to because he's like searching for words. And then there's a voice in the background. Of Kai basically calling him a fucking idiot. Yeah. He's like, is it that fucking hard? Oh, you're so tortured. Had it real rough, haven't you, Michael? A beautiful girl looks at you like you're God her whole life. Oh, you're never going to get anything better because there is nothing better. And you still can't say it. Do you even know how lucky you are, asshole? Ah, oh, man. It's so funny. Then Rico like, just decides to do well, he, other shit. Well, he's like, I'm sorry. I didn't make myself known sooner. I can just leave. And he's like, I guess I just wanted to see if it would turn me on because he had confessed to Rika that he hadn't felt anything for anyone, even the stirrings of anything in three years since he got locked up. Yeah. And Rika's basically like, did it turn you on? And he's like, I I should get out of here. And she's basically like, I don't want you to leave. And she wants Michael to feel pain and jealousy because Michael has this weird masochist brand of needing to have his own degradation like it's it's so weird like he needs to be shit on feel bad so he's turned on Don't by kink it. shame no no, <laughs> it, no it's interesting I just it's weird because I don't we don't see it yeah very much I guess I shouldn't say weird I know because I was sitting because I've said words like that before and you've yelled at me for kink shaming yeah no that's not what I I wasn't by it yeah it's just something that we don't see very regularly yeah he just has a different kind of I I almost want to call it a degradation kink but it's different he wants to have it done indirectly her purposefully choosing someone else and doing it in front of him with his Mm -hmm. permission in theory is making him so jealous that it hurts him and he likes it that's weird but only because he allows it It, right so they have fun yeah they they do they have they have a sandwich they sandwich her they have a rika sandwich there was no spit roasting in this one there was just it was good it was really yes I'm but, sitting here and I'm like, is this really fucking happening right now? Is this really fantastic. happening? Oh my God, yes. I'm so <laughs> happy about it. But when Kai leaves, which <laughs> he's kind of a dick about it because he's just put, sticking I, that needle in I just a little him. more. He's like, he's so great. are you worried? I could try to take her from you. And he's like, you could try. He's like, your dick's working now. Go find someone else. So he leaves. But Rika's like, will you ever... Let yourself be vulnerable for me. And he kind of just doesn't say anything. And it's just frustrating. So she's sick of being holed up and having Michael be her keeper. So she goes out with Alex to study. She's ignoring Michael's calls. So Will and Kai 
come to fetch her and bring her back home because they want to make sure she's safe with Trevor and Damon so unpredictable. She goes home. She's just tired of the bullshit and she goes home and takes a nap. So she wakes up from her nap and there the presence in her apartment and she assumes it is Michael because he's mad. She goes to search because she can just feels somebody there. It's not Michael. It's Damon who drugs her from behind. And also like admits later on he just like watches her sleep and it's so weird. Because, well, he was sitting there waiting for her to wake I up. I know, yeah. but it's so creepy. <laughs> the way he says it is so creepy. So, yes, he drugs her and takes her. Yes. And she wakes up on the Chris's boat with Damon and also Trevor is there. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you so much. Damon takes her into the bedroom to tie her up. And he's explaining his plans to her. How first he's going to take care of her and then he'll kill Trevor. And Trevor walks in, not hearing any of this, and is like, Oh, you two bonding. And Damon leaves when Trevor teases him about them bonding. He's like, He won't help you. He hates women. His own mother abused him from when he was very little, like, grossly abused him. Not that there's any way to not the yucky. I know what you mind. And Trevor lets Rika in on his plans for Michael. And that he is probably on his way as they speak. And that he's going to take him down. Um, Because she's like, what's your plan now? What could you hope to accomplish by this? Michael already has everything that belongs to me. And you'll never get me back. I'd rather die than let you near me again. And he's like, do you think I want you back? My brother's whore? Oh, no. I can do so much better than you. And as for Michael, having everything, that's easy. The dead don't own property. Yeah. So Michael, Kai, and Will arrive in a little speedboat. And Will stays behind in the boat. Kai goes to the top deck to kind of scope out from the top. And Michael starts from the bottom with the bedrooms and Michael finds Rika untying herself kind of cutting herself out of the ties on the bed she had shattered the mirror behind the bed Mm -hmm. and was using the glass shards to cut through the ties and had a glass shard in her hand to do that then they go back up to try to find Kai and they find him on the ground on the deck underneath Damon And he is obviously not doing great. He's bloodied. Will, on the other hand, is in the water, tied up with ropes. And the ropes are leading up to the deck. And there are cinder blocks tied to the end of the ropes, which are right next to Trevor, who has a gun. So that's cool. They've got themselves quite in a conundrum. So... Michael, who had also brought a gun on board, who had it in the back of his pants, kind of gestures for Rika to start, who was was shoved behind him, to start taking it out so that he could have access to it and not give himself away and get shot in the process because Trevor has a gun. And they offer him a deal. They're like, "Hmm, you can have the boys. You just have to choose them. You can trade Rika for them. 
And he's basically like to his brother, like, why? Why are you doing this? And Trevor's like, I wanted this moment right here. I wanted you desperate, helpless. And he's tired of waiting for him to trade. And he just pushes the cinder blocks off the deck. And he's like, and grabs the gun. He pew, pew, pew. His brother, as he dives off the edge of the boat towards Will to try to save him. And so they are in the water. The cinder blocks are making him go down fast. It's not going well. It's not good. But he gets Will. He finally gets him. He's trying his best to untie the knots. His fingers are freezing. They are not doing well. But finally, at the very last second, because it is very dramatic, the very last second, they get free. And they break the surface. If you couldn't tell it was dramatic, just listen to the tone of voice Ariel is doing right now. <laughs> but as they break the surface, they see Trevor, who looks like he got at least one of the gunshots that were fired at him. He's not doing that great, but he's still moving around okay, because as they break the surface, he is tossing more cinder blocks into the water. And Michael can see Kai choking Damon. So it's not Kai that got tossed in, it's Rika. So he is like, no, again, and tries to dive in to save Rika. But he can't find her. He can't find her anywhere. He's getting desperate. He comes up. He's like, Kai, help. And so Kai jumps in to try to find her too. And no one can find her. And it's taking so long. And they're so worried. And you were then, being so overdramatic. And it's wild. This scene was very dramatic. It was very dramatic. And I don't think it's as dramatic as you're reading. But yes. It was way more dramatic than that. But then somebody comes through the water. And it is Rika. She still had that glass shard in her hand. And she freed her damn self like the boss bitch she is, like Michael trained her to be. Yeah. So they make it to the boat. Trevor's not doing great. He's bleeding out on the top of the deck. Damon is nowhere to be found. Come to find out, he took the speedboat. He's gone like the wind. And Trevor's all like, take me to the port. I'm bleeding. I'm your brother. I may have just tried to kill everybody, but please help save me. Michael's like, what the fuck? And takes his boot and pushes him into the pool on the deck. Like, did you just say into oh for some reason I thought he pushed him off the boat. No, they make it very clear that they brought his body back, and even though everyone else wanted him to put off the boat so that but he wanted to bring his body back to the parents gotcha i didn't realize i thought for some reason that they pushed him off the boat and then he went back and retrieved the body that's how i thought it went nope so rika was basically like worried like are you sure about this like you know you can't take this back yes he's like bring the boat back to the shore and they're all like take care of her we got it and then he's all like i thought you were gone He's all like, I love you, Rika. And they're all like, aww. And then bam. So then I wish it was more defined and we didn't have to like wait. But the next chapter starts over a month later. And it is Thanksgiving at the Christ household. And Mrs. Christ has been staying busy. She's decorating up the wazoo. She's trying to get over the very, very 
dreaded loss of her son. And we learn that they came back to shore and they called the police and told them all what happened. They told them the truth and they dealt with everything that happened. And Mr. and Mrs. Christ are having to deal with that also. But Mr. Christ is still a fucking asshole. So he thinks, well, now Michael will just have to be the one to marry Rika for the money. And he's all like, oh, we need to discuss some business. And Michael's like, I broke the trust. Bitches. And then we find out that Damon has been last seen in Russia. He missed his parole check-in. And that they have since destroyed the phone with all the videos on it. And before they have their meal, Michael asks, so Kai and Will are there, and Michael asks them, hey, can you delay dinner for us? We need an hour. And Michael says, I want to show you something, Tarika. And they go for a drive. And they go to the cathedral. And come to find out, the cathedral is being restored. And it is being transformed into a house. And he is wanting it to be a house for them to live in together. And she's very worried. She wants to make sure the catacombs are going to stay. And they are. Don't worry. And then he presents her a ring. And now they are engaged. The end. And then we have an epilogue. And we find it's basically that much of an epilogue. It's basically the same time. Because we find out their living situations since the boat incident and that Rika has moved in with Michael since then and that her mom is staying in a hotel in the city nearby while she's waiting for the restorations on the house to be done. And she's doing well. She's out of the rehab now. She's doing well. And that... Will has taken over Rika's apartment and that Kai is living in a house across town. Then we have one final flashback and it is when Michael is 16 and Rika is 13. And it's in Michael's point of view because all of the other flashbacks have been in Rika's point of view and this flashback is in Michael's point of view, which I liked. We find that... Throughout this whole book, it was, you know, Michael making it very clear that he was wanting Rika not to be coddled and that she can do it and that she is strong on her own and that she's independent and that she can fight for herself. And then she finally has this moment at the end where she saves herself and that she can do it and that, you know, she's strong on her own and all this stuff and we have this kind of whole theme where he has corrupted her. And then we find through this flashback that it was actually this 13 year old little girl who put him in his place, who was being so compliant and malleable to his parents and feeling like he was just so stuck that it was actually her just talking to him that corrupted him in the first place. And she says, you know, life is a one way. What are you even waiting for? Just do what you want and enjoy it. And we find out all along that it was a little bit of her corrupting him as well, or that started it. And that's how this book ends. So this is a series, and each of the boys get their own book. So Kai is the next book. Then Damon and then Will. And there are 
two novellas to the series as well. So, so. nice. Yeah. So, yeah. Who was your favorite character? Alex. <laughs> Seems legit. I liked her a lot. I know she wasn't in it very much, but the parts that she was in, I felt kind of were important. And she was just like along for the ride. I liked her a lot. And yeah. also Kai. And Kai was my favorite. I liked him a lot. Yeah, this book didn't have a lot of like super likable characters. Like in terms of like, oh my gosh, like I, lo- I loved a lot of aspects of certain characters. And I probably would really like them as they got older and away. But um, do you remember the friend's name? Nope. That's what I'm going to say my favorite character is because he saved her from the party. Yeah. Noah. It's Noah. So I'm going to say Noah is my favorite because Noah seemed like a really good friend and he had her back. There you go. Who was your least favorite? Obviously, Trevor was a fucking asswipe, but I'm going to say Mr. Christ the dad. He was an adult and... I didn't like him, obviously. I didn't like Trevor. I really didn't like Damon at all. And I know he has a book. I still don't like him. I know the book is about him and the mayor's daughter and I just, I don't want to read it. I don't like him. I really don't. I don't care. No, there was no redeemable parts of that man to me. And I just I want to read his book more than I want to read Kai's. I don't want to read Damon's book at all. I've literally noted, you know, you know, that feeling you had when you were reading that Megan Quinn book because you fucking hated the sister so much in the other book. Yeah, that is how I literally feel that I do not think I can read that. Book. And it, you think it's going to ruin the whole vibe. Correct. But yeah. Yeah. So I can't read it. There's been a couple books like that where I don't like a character enough in a book and they have a book and it just ruins the book for me. Can't do it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no. So Damon, I can't. And obviously Trevor, but I'm really glad he's dead. Alrighty, so. Bye-bye, Trevor. Bye-bye. Moving on. Uh, Amazon gives us a 4.4 and Goodreads gives it a 3.8. Where are you sitting? I gave this four stars. Same Z's. I liked it. Fabulous. Yes. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was good. I liked the story. I like the integration of the past into the present. I did like that they were fucking labeled. Thank God at everything everything was labeled nicely and that was super important it was good yeah and this is an yeah. older book too this came out like 2015 yeah. so yeah. you know it's it was well written i enjoyed it what about your cucumber reading that's a good question i gotta think you know i'm probably gonna go like a five midway point i did like that scene between the three of them that was really nice yeah i just i don't know I was going to give it a five or a six, but I'm going to go with a five and a half just to get away. We'll get it halfway in there. I did like the scenes. I did like the Kai joining in. I didn't like all the attempted vibes. I mean, it's the kind of book. It was was the kind of book. It was was what it was. So it added to the. Yeah. I mean, the scenes were good. I don't know. I'm just feeling mid about it. Okie dokie. So there's that. There's that. So no wheel today. No wheel at all. Don't be sad, sad. though. It's okay. Big fat sad. It's not big fat no, sad. It's okay. No, no skinny sad. <laughs> <laughs> Just little little skinny sad. <laughs> yeah. No, no wheel, and it's not because we don't no love wheel. you. Um, no. We need breaks. 
just like you guys need breaks because guess what? Christmas is coming. Santa's coming. Yeah, Santa's coming. Santa already <laughs> came. Did you not listen to Unwrap Me? Oh yeah, he did. And <laughs> I am. Santa's coming to town. Oh my god. So <laughs> because we value not only your mental health of listening to us blabber on about books every week, we value our <laughs> mental health. It, well, it may not seem like it, but once in a while we value our mental health. Every so often. <laughs> and Crystal was like, um, can we wait and skip a week until New Year's? And I was like, are we allowed to do that? Is that a thing? We're business owners, baby. We can do what we want. Chris was like, bitch, we do what we want. Here's and the I thing. Was like, I, I really wanted two weeks off, but Ariel said no. We can't have two weeks off. Maybe next year. This, if we take another week off, that's going to throw off our amazing snowed in january so you get one and you'd like it sit in the corner take your one week and like it yes or daddy's coming back to town (laughs) i thought i was daddy you were mommy (laughs) i I meant the santa daddy (laughs) or or mommy's gonna take your kindle away (laughs) this has gotten out of hand Yeah, so we're going to take a week Especially off. Especially after this book. <laughs> oh my God, right? So we're going to take a week off. We will be back on January 1st. January 1st. Yes. <laughs> Which will have our very first of the Snowden anthology with the specials that we're going to be doing. So we're coming back to you with a special. How fucking dope is that? We're giving you a little treat. Right. It's like a so- belated Christmas gift. Surprise! Surprise! We get three specials in January, and it's going to be like, boom, we're back. Hopefully, a little bit more mentally stable. Again, no. Snowden's back. Tell your friends. Snowden's back. Snowden's back. Can you tell that we're mentally um, unwell right now? (laughs) This is why we need a break. (laughs) Um, Maybe we'll come back Um, in the new year with a little bit more mentally stable. Maybe not. This is not happening. Especially because we're doing Snowden. Oh my god. Um, We do have so many things planned for January. And Mm -hmm. then we'll be back with our wheels starting in February after all of Mm -hmm. Snowden January is done. And then we'll get some treats going soon because our one year anniversary is in March. How weird is that? It's wild. We're just riding the roller coaster of life. Anywho, um, yeah, so <laughs> next week, no new episode. Sorry, not sorry, but we'll see you on January 1st. For some snowed in January, baby. Hoot, hoot. Enjoy your holidays with your families. Yes. And uh, feel free to message us. Let us know how your holidays were, what kind of books you read. Yeah, we love to hear about those things. Believe it or not, we are approachable and you can message us. We don't bite hard. I do sometimes. No, I'm just <laughs> So as always, make sure you keep reading. And keep it smutty. <laughs>